what's happening? A good Friday to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. It's a football Friday. We will get into the Chiefs-Patriots game coming up on Sunday in just a bit. But let's start with an ESPN article that ranks the appeal of the most likely head coach openings this offseason in the NFL. Bill Barnwell ranked the most likely head coach openings at ESPN.com over the last 24 hours or so. And Barnwell puts the Patriots at number five. So Bill Barnwell of ESPN says that the Patriots have the fifth most appealing head coach opening this offseason if Bill Belichick parts ways with Robert Kraft. Who is ahead of the Patriots, you may ask? The Bears, the Chargers, the Falcons, and the Jets. Barnwell writes about the cons of the job. Old roster devoid of offensive talent, fan base agitating for success, and shadow of the greatest coach ever. Bill Barnwell does great work. I respect Bill Barnwell's opinion, but this ranking stinks. It stinks out loud. I do not believe the Patriots have the fifth most desirable head coach opening if Belichick leaves. I would put the Patriots no lower than third, honestly. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Let's start with the brand. The brand matters. Look at the Cowboys. Look at the Steelers. The Patriots are within that conversation after having not one but two dynasties. They are one of the most well-known professional sports teams in all of sports across the freaking world. I know right now things look dire. I know right now that the Patriots brand has taken a hit. They're losing football games, et cetera, et cetera. But you still look at the Patriots as one of the most popular brands in all of the NFL. And the brand matters. It's popularity. It's getting primetime games. It's packing Gillette Stadium when you are competitive every single home game. When you win six championships, you bring a legacy, and that legacy exists. So, yes, there's no doubt it's been a down couple of years for Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and things aren't great right now, and the roster is not spectacular right now, especially on the offensive side. But I don't think that wipes away the credibility that has been built here. I don't think it wipes away the legacy that has been created here in New England. And that matters. You can't tell me that somebody who's looking for a head coaching job doesn't look at the Patriots versus the Falcons and say, yeah, but it's the Patriots. That's what they've built. Thanks in large part to Robert Kraft, which is the next reason why I think the Patriots in this head coaching position, if they do walk away from Belichick once this season ends, I do think it has some appeal, if not a lot of appeal, is because of ownership. Robert Kraft is highly respected throughout football. He's worked on the TV rights deals. He worked out the CBA and made sure there wasn't a strike. Within league circles, Robert Kraft is one of the most respected owners in the NFL. And that matters. If you're looking for a job, you want an owner that you trust. You want an owner that has shown that he is more than capable or she is more than capable of doing the freaking job. And with Robert Kraft up top, one of the most highly respected owners in the game. You have that. You have that credibility. He has zero, zero shady business history within the league. There's no stories out there about how Kraft did somebody wrong, right? There's none of that. So Kraft has that respect factor. People believe in this ownership group. They believe that eventually this ownership group will get things right. And of course, when you have an owner like Kraft, 
and you have his son, Jonathan Kraft, and you have the long tenure they've had here in New England of success, that brings stability. And if you're looking to be a head coach, you want a brand that matters. You want ownership that you can trust, that has credibility, and you want organizational stability. And the Patriots have all three of those things. I'll continue with this in a minute. Chiefs Patriots preview coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to dig into some numbers, look at both sides of the football. What can we expect this Sunday at Gillette? I'll get into that in just a few minutes. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Again, I say it. The thumbs up means an awful lot. If you're watching on YouTube live, give us that thumbs up. More thumbs means more eyeballs. Beat the YouTube algorithm. That's how we get content out there. I'm a one-man band, my own host, my own producer, my own social media marketing guy, everything right here. Give us that thumbs up. Also, don't forget to comment. Michael, I see you. Throw your comments in there. If you're watching and you have thoughts on this Chiefs-Patriots game, feel free to throw a comment in. And don't forget to subscribe. It doesn't cost you a dollar. If you're watching, if you're watching, fantastic. Thank you. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Pods, rate and review. All right, just a couple of more thoughts on this head coaching opening and, and, and the fact that Bill Barnwell at ESPN says the Patriots have the fifth most appealing job out there this offseason. I think it's too low. I just think it's way too low. I think, I think the Patriots at least should be in the top three. Just a couple of more thoughts on this before we move on to the Chiefs. The market. Market matters. You know, we, we talk about the brand. It matters. We talk about ownership. It matters. We have to talk about the market. The market matters. Boston is the top 10 market in the country. And that is meaningful. Not only that, but you have a very passionate fan base. You could talk about the market in L.A. L.A., one of the top markets in the country, right? One or two. But the L.A. fans, they're not into the Rams. They're not into the Chargers. So it's different here. When you talk about the Northeast, you talk about New York, you talk about Philly, you talk about Boston, you're talking about passionate fan bases. People that care people that will show up, people that will pay money. That matters. Let's look at the on-field stuff. Patriots are going to most likely have a top five pick. And if you look at the percentages, they have like a 75% shot at getting a top two pick in this draft come April. So if you're a, a head coach in waiting and you're looking at the opportunities that are out there, if you go to Carolina, you got a deal with Bryce Young. You might not love Bryce Young. If you are going to go to the Chargers, you got Justin Herbert, right? Not too bad, obviously, right? If you go to the Bears, what are you going to do at quarterback? Big-time decision there with Justin Fields. You're going to draft somebody. And you're looking at all of these domino effects. If you go to the Patriots, you're going to have a top-five pick, and you are set to land that next franchise quarterback. And if that's what you want to do and you love one of those guys in the top five, then this job is very desirable. Having a top five pick is huge when you talk about trying to rebuild the infrastructure of this offense, not only in the first round, but also in the second round and the third round. So the draft capital means something. Patriots also have the third most cap space in the league this offseason, about $75 million to spend. So we talk about how far off this team is. Well, if I'm looking at it, you have Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez coming back next year healthy, fingers crossed, which means you'll have a top 10 defense at least, if not top five defense in the league. Then you have a, a top five pick in the draft to address some other needs, especially offensively. 
You have $75 million to address offensive needs as well. People are talking about this being a three- or four-year rebuild. If you do this right, it's not going to be a three- or four-year rebuild. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals. 2-14, and 14, Zach Taylor's first year. What happened? Walks in, gets Joe Burrow and T. Higgins in that next draft. First-round pick Burrow, second-round pick Higgins. Then you come back the next year, and you knock it out of the park with Jamar Chase. You get a franchise quarterback, you get a legitimate number one receiver, and you supplement those guys with this defense, I don't think you're three, four years away. I honestly don't. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And you have the resources to flip this offense. And as far as replacing Bill Belichick, if this ends up being a three or four win team, that's not the biggest thing in the world anymore. If you were replacing a Belichick that was getting to the playoffs, then that's a different story. If you're replacing Belichick after a title, that's a different story. But we're talking about replacing a Bill Belichick that for many fans, I believe, has grown stale here in New England. People want new life. People want new life so much in this organization that they don't want Gerard Mayo to be promoted, even though he's a completely different guy, just because he has the smell of Belichick on him. So you're replacing somebody who has grown stale for much of this fan base. I think this opening is one of the most appealing head coach openings in the NFL if Belichick and Kraft part ways. All right, let's get on to the uh, Chiefs coming up on Sunday. One o'clock kick, of course. This was supposed to be Monday Night Football. We'll dive into this matchup. Chiefs, Patriots. Patriots, we should uh, obviously at the top say that they had extra prep time to get ready for this game, which you know, in past years, usually meant something. So you have extra prep time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes and company. I think that matters. Every extra day you get to prepare means an awful lot. Now, the injury report, what we know right now, Pop Douglas was limited yesterday. Not sure if he's going to play. Ramondre Stevenson, Trent Brown, they did not practice. Christian Barmore was limited. The guys hit the field in about 20 minutes. The Patriots will have practice in about 20 minutes. We'll see if Pop is out there and whether or not he's limited. We'll see if Trent Brown is out there. Of course, Ramondre is going to be out for at least a couple of more weeks. I said this you know, last week, just sit him the rest of the year. I do not anticipate seeing Stevenson at least the next two games. Trent Brown is obviously a big name that we need to keep an eye on. And Barmore, who has been an absolute stud on the defensive line, we need to keep an eye on him as well. He's got a shoulder issue, which made him limited. All right, let's start with this. Patriots offense versus the Chiefs defense. How does this line up? First question I have, how aggressive will Bailey Zappi and Bill O'Brien be against this Kansas City Chiefs defense? What will they do? How aggressive? When you looked at that Steelers game, the first 20 to 25 minutes of that game, the Patriots offense was much more aggressive. They allowed Zappi to throw the football down the field. They threw the football, I think, almost 70% of the time. They were incredibly aggressive right out the jump against the Steelers 
last Thursday night. Will it be the same thing on Sunday against this Chiefs defense? Will they come out as aggressive as they did against the Steelers? When you look at Kansas City, Kansas City is going to blitz a lot. They have the fourth highest blitz rate in football. Steve Spagnolo, Spags, we know all about him. His history with the Giants, not to bring up bad memories or anything, but Spagnolo is a very aggressive defensive coordinator. And I have to put money on the idea that Spags is going to go after Zappi. If the Chiefs have the fourth highest blitz rate in the league, which they do, I think they'll blitz even more on Sunday to make Zappi uncomfortable. We saw Zappi against the Steelers in the second half. He got hit a couple times early. Offensive line breakdowns a little bit in the beginning of that half. And even Zappi said, I said this last Friday. If you're watching the show, thank you. I appreciate you. Give us that thumbs up. I said this last Friday that I saw Zappi get antsy against the Steelers in the second half. And it's interesting that Zappi said at the podium on Wednesday that he felt that he was antsy against the Steelers in the second half. So Zappi felt the way I thought he looked. And if you're the Chiefs, if you're Spagnolo, and you're watching that Steelers film, and you see Zappi get a little bit rattled, a little bit antsy with the pass rush, then I think you go into Sunday saying, we've got to attack this young man. We've got to go after him. We've got to make him feel uncomfortable. We've got to make him feel that pressure. So how aggressive will the Patriots be early with the passing attack? How aggressive will the Chiefs be going after Bailey Zappi? The other thing that Kansas City does very well is that they disguise coverages. So I would not be surprised if Zappi gets confused at least a couple of times in this game on Sunday. They will disguise coverages post-snap. What does Zappi see? How does he react? Will he turn the football over? Now, the Chiefs, they are fifth in DVOA against the pass this year. But that could be a little misleading. Michael Hurley, CBS Boston, wrote about this Kansas City pass defense at home against on the road. Here's what Hurley wrote. The Chiefs ranked sixth in the NFL with 185 pass yards allowed per game and fourth in pass yards allowed per attempt. They're tied for having the third most sacks. Opposing quarterbacks have the 10th lowest passer rating in the league against this pass defense. But, but on the road, different story. Chiefs passing defense on the road has not nearly been as good as they have been at home. Michael Hurley, again, credit to him. He writes, the Chiefs' four best defensive performances in six of their seven best performances took place at home. Their, fur, their four worst defensive performances took place on the road. Get this, all seven of the Chiefs' interceptions this year have come in home games. Opposing quarterbacks, their passer ratings, 69, nice, point three in Kansas City. But when Kansas City's defense travels, the passer rating goes from 69.3 to 97.5. And we're not talking about the best quarterbacks in the league beating up on this Kansas City pass defense when KC's on the road. Aiden O'Connell, until last night, I think he had his best performance against this Chiefs defense. Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, Jordan Love, all of those quarterbacks were good to very good against Kansas City in their road defense. So what you see, Michael Hurley, great work, CBS Boston, what you see is analytically, this Kansas City pass defense is fantastic. But when they've been away from home, they've struggled. 
They've given up plays. Quarterbacks have played well against them. So we should keep that in mind when we watch this game on Sunday. We'll keep rolling with a Sunday preview. Don't forget, like, comment, and subscribe. My guy, Fion, jumps in and says that he has joined. I appreciate you. Amstel says, hit that like button for Nick. Yes, please do. I always appreciate it. And uh, all the likes mean an awful lot with the way this uh, digital world works. All right, back to the Patriots offense versus Chiefs defense. Can the Patriots run on Sunday? This is going to be a huge part of this matchup. Kansas City's run defense is 30th in football when you look at the DVOA run defense. Kansas City analytically has one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. If I'm the Patriots, I'm running early, I'm running often. Now, here's the thing. Steve Spagnolo understands that the Chiefs are not good against the run. So what I would anticipate Spags doing, again, is being very aggressive up front with his defense and also at times stacking the box. We saw that with the Steelers. Patriots took advantage early in that Steelers game. Steelers had 10 guys within eight yards of the line of scrimmage. If the Chiefs play that aggressive early, I do think Bill O'Brien will take a couple shots downfield and he will be aggressive. But Spags has to know, obviously it's his defense, he understands that they're not good against the run. So how aggressive will this Chiefs defense be trying to limit the run? And if they are super aggressive, can Zappi and the offense do enough in the passing game to make Kansas City correct their game plan and then be concerned about the passing game as well? You need to be multiple. You can't just run the ball 60 times because I think the Chiefs will be ready for that. But you do have to try to establish the run game early because this Chiefs defense isn't good. And you also play keep away from Patrick Mahomes in the offense. Taylor Kyles from CLNS this week had all of these Zeke Elliott analytics. And when you look inside the numbers, it's interesting. Since week 13, last few weeks, among running backs, right? Zeke has the fifth most rushing attempts. Yards per rush, seventh fewest. Now you'd say, Nick, that's not good. I understand. Zeke has the seventh fewest yards per rush. However, when you look at how he's getting those yards, it tells us the story behind Ezekiel Elliott. Missed tackles fourth. Zeke is seventh most. Yards after contact. Zeke is fifth most. Yards before contact. Fourth fewest. And then yards after contact percentage is fourth most. So when you look at those numbers, when you look at those numbers, it tells you that the offensive line has not been particularly great blocking for the run consistently enough. But Ezekiel Elliott is getting as much yardage as he can on the ground because he's running hard. He's running hard for the Patriots. Now, as part of the aggressive Kansas City defense, Bill O'Brien, I think you take advantage of that. Misdirection, a lot of pre-snap motion. Try to move their defense. Try to find those cracks. And I would anticipate some of that misdirection, some of that motion. Of course, Pop Douglas would play a vital role in that. If Pop's not playing on Sunday, you can't do as many you know, tricks of the trade. Tyquan Thornton is somebody that you've seen run those jet sweep motions and all of that, the misdirection, the pre-snap motion. Against that aggressive Kansas City defense, I think we'll see more of the misdirection and motion this weekend. And how about this, Bill O'Brien? Can we get one trick play? Can we get one freaking trick play this season? 
I mean, we you go back to 2021 with Mac Jones's rookie season. Josh McDaniels would sprinkle in at least one, if not two, trick plays. It seems like every single week. O'Brien has not done that, and I think he he's he's concerned about making a mistake because of a trick play. But every once in a while, you got to throw a wrinkle out there. I would love to see a trick play on Sunday. Try to take advantage of that Kansas City aggressiveness. One last note before we get to the Patriots' defense against Patrick Mahomes. The interior offensive line against Chris Jones is going to be a big part of the offensive aspect here. Cole Strange, the much maligned Cole Strange, didn't like him as a first-round pick. I think many of us did not like that first-round pick. However, Cole Strange has steadily been better week after week after week. Taylor Kyles, again, CLNS. On Cole Strange, his pass protection since week seven, since week seven, you look at weeks seven through 10, Cole Strange gave up 12 pressures. Weeks 12 to 14, he's given up only three. Quarterback hits allowed. Strange gave up two quarterback hits between weeks seven and 10. He has not given up a quarterback hit between weeks 12 and 14. How about hurries? Hurries allowed. Cole Strange allowed nine hurries. From week 7 to week 10. You know what he's done week 12 to 14? He's only allowed two hurries. Pressure percentage allowed. He's cut it down more than half. And his pass block efficiency has jumped up to a 98. So Cole Strange's pass protection over the past three or four weeks has been much, much improved versus what we saw weeks 7 through 10 when he was coming back from injury. And that's going to matter because Chris Jones is a pass-rushing specialist from the interior defensive line. Per pro football focus this year, Chris Jones is tied for the third most pressures. He has the second most sacks. He's tied for the second most hits. The fifth most pressure. And the fifth pass-rush win percentage as well. So when you look, when you look at Chris Jones, interior defensive lineman, he is one of the best when it comes to rushing the quarterback. Cole Strange, David Andrews, City So, they have to make sure that they play well against Chris Jones because Chris Jones can single-handedly destroy this game on Sunday. He could single-handedly destroy Bailey Zappi. All right, let's jump to the Patriots' defense. Kansas City, back-to-back -back losses. They've lost three of their last four games. Patrick Mahomes has never lost three straight games in his NFL career. It's never happened to him. Will it happen on Sunday? What's the plan? The plan? Man coverage. Andrew Callahan, Boston Herald, posted this. Breakdown of Belichick's last game plan against Mahomes. The Patriots, last time they faced Mahomes, they played 72% of the time in man coverage. They will play a lot of man coverage on Sunday. They rushed only three guys the last time they played Mahomes, 44% of the time. So you're not going to see, I don't think, a lot of four-man rushes. They're going to play man coverage. Lots and lots and lots of disguising last game plan against Mahomes. So if we expect a lot of man coverage against Mahomes and the Chiefs on Sunday from this defense, how good are the Patriots in man coverage? We have that information. Thanks to Taylor Kyles again from CLNS. Does great work. New England is tied with Dallas for first in the league in man coverage snaps. They've played the most man in the NFL this year. 
They have missed one single solitary tackle in coverage since the bye week. They've been fantastic tackling since the bye. Before the bye, they weren't very good. Now, when you look at the Patriots' defense playing man coverage this season, from weeks 12 to 14, completion percentage, 51%. Forced incompletion percentage, 23%. Missed tackles, again, only one. The passer rating is 84.8. Conversion percentage is 17.1. So, when you look at the Patriots in man coverage since week 12, week 12, week 13, week 14, Their man coverage has been top 10 in the NFL in completion percentage allowed, forced incompletion percentage, missed tackles as far as the fewest, in conversion percentage. This Patriots man coverage defense right now is rolling. And they love playing man against Patrick Mahomes. What's the next question? We know the next question. The next question would be, how does Patrick Mahomes play against man coverage? We have those answers. Thanks to Taylor Kyles. Mahomes against man coverage since week 11. He's completing 51% of his passes. His yards per attempt are only 5.6. Against zone, his yards per attempt are seven yards. He has two touchdowns and two picks against man coverage. His passer rating against man coverage since week 11, Patrick Mahomes' passer rating is 63.9. Against zone, it's 96.7. So what have we... What have we learned here? The Patriots love playing man coverage against Mahomes. The Patriots have been very good in man coverage for the last three or four weeks. And Patrick Mahomes this year has not been nearly as good since week 11 against man coverage as he has against zone. Are you picking up what we're putting down? I think we see a lot of man on Sunday. Here's more Taylor Kyle's on Mahomes versus the Patriots. Few defenses, if any, have challenged Mahomes as consistently as the Patriots. New England is 2-2 two and two against Mahomes, holding him without a touchdown in at least one half of each game. The only game decided by more than one possession was their last meeting in 2020 when Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham combined for four turnovers, you remember that nightmare, I do, in a defensive touchdown. I think we'll see a lot of man coverage. I think we'll see a lot of too high safeties. The Patriots defense has to force the Chiefs wide receivers to beat them. That's what they've got to do. They've got to put this game on the Chiefs wide receivers. Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, Valdez Scantling. The wide receivers of Kansas City, they've had their problems. They've had a ton of drops. They're running the wrong routes. So force the Chiefs receivers, to beat you consistently on Sunday. Challenge them with man coverage. Drop two high safeties from time to time as well. And challenge Mahomes and his wide receivers to be not only on the same page, but also execute at a much higher level than they have over the last month especially. You also have to limit Travis Kelsey. Be physical with Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. Knock him off of his route. Beat him up. Kyles, I'm grabbing a bunch of stuff from Taylor Kyles this week because he does a great job at CLNS. He wrote this week that Travis Kelsey has one 70-yard game against the Patriots in a single touchdown in four meetings. So the Patriots, their history, they have done a much better job against Mahomes than most of the league, if not all of the league, 
and they have done a much better job against Kelsey than most of the league has done. And I remind you what I said earlier, the Patriots have had more time to prepare for this matchup because they played on Thursday night last week. Isaiah Pacheco, he's unlikely to play. That would be a big help for the Patriots defense. Pacheco has been explosive the last few weeks. The Patriots run defense will be pivotal, man. They got to limit that playbook. Take away the run game. And the Patriots run defense has been terrific. Pro football focus. Yards per rush allowed. Patriots defense has been their best since 2014. Plus EPA percentage allowed best since 2017, which was Denver. EPA play allowed best since 2019, which was Tampa. Average depth of tackle best this season. I mean, when you look at all of this, two of three teams the Patriots are with single-digit missed tackles allowed since 2022. When you look at this Patriots run defense and Amstel jumps in and says Anthony Jennings, no doubt about it, Jennings has played a huge role, especially last week. He had three or four tackles for loss, run stuffs. He's been tremendous on the edge. This Patriots run defense has been one of the best run defenses they've had in quite some time. And they have been analytically the best run defense in football. So if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be the guy on Sunday, it might be a long day for that Chiefs running game. So man coverage against Mahomes, be physical against Kelsey, force the wide receivers to beat you, slow down that run game. If you can do those things, the Chiefs offense is going to have a tough time. Let's get to the prediction. Kansas City minus eight and a half is the line. The over-under is 37. I think the Patriots will be able to limit this Chiefs offense to about 20 points. I think they'll be able to play the man coverage. I think they'll be able to bottle up the run. I think they will do a good enough job against Kelsey, especially now that Kelsey looks a little bit slower as he gets older and he got banged up early in the season. I think the Patriots' defense will do enough to limit Kansas City to about 20 points. I don't trust Zappi against this defense. I don't. I don't think Zappi will do enough. And Patrick Mahomes is way too talented. I think the Chiefs win this game. However, I'm taking the points. Kansas City minus eight and a half. I'm taking the eight and a half points. At Gillette Stadium with this defense against this offense that's struggling, my call is 20 to 13. I would take the Patriots with the points, and I would take the under on that 37 number. Hopefully all of you enjoyed the breakdown. Uh, if you missed any of it, don't worry about it. You can go to YouTube and check it out as soon as we're done. Also, Spotify, Apple Pods, podcasts is out there every single day. Enjoy the football on Sunday. Have a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Be healthy. But again, have some fun. I'm going to have some fun. You better have some fun. And we'll catch up on Monday. Uh, again, this has been my pleasure to do. Love all of your support. Give us that like. Don't forget to comment. And don't forget to subscribe. None of that costs you any money. Until Monday, it is the Nick Cattle Show.